0: Never give in. Never, never,
1: never. I'm gonna show you how great I
0: am. I feel I still have room to improve, still set goals for myself to strive for. I'm never complacent with what I have achieved.
1: You have to fail in order to climb that ladder. Don't ever let somebody tell you you can't do something. You got a dream, you got to protect it. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you you can not do it. You want something, go get it. You want first place, come play with me. You want second place, go somewhere else
0: life. So, how are we doing, Marty? You've got a big day today. What's up?
1: I do. I've got a wedding. Fortunately, it's not my own because I'm currently mar- married, and I don't need a divorce to have my assets or get rid of my small beasts that I uh, love. Yeah. My two boys, Zach and Ashton, eight and eleven. Uh, no, Kelly and I are off to a wedding. A good friend of mine, Chris Fairburn who happens to be the owner of a Mitre 10 and was a area manager and ran a uh, Large Placemakers, which is a, uh, a materials store, one of the largest in New Zealand. So,
0: yeah, looking
1: forward to that. What do you got planned for the weekend?
0: Well, I'm training for a half Ironman at the moment. So my weekend's consisting of stretching, running, riding, swimming, eating, resting. I've gone I've gone all and you can see the Roka t-shirt like you get into Ironman and then all of a sudden you're like Yeah, I could do with some nice new trainers. You're like, yeah, a nice tri suit would be good Yeah, you know what? I do need those go faster sunglasses. So it's a bit of a trap uh, I don't recommend it particularly yeah. when we're training. It's tough, but it's good fun So we're doing a half Ironman in Geelong, Melbourne uh, at the end of March So we're just about peaking our training at the moment. It's going really well Uh, and the fun thing is we're going to get to see some of our members in melbourne i'm going to see jeremy baker who's one of our on our marketing team as well uh it's going to be great i'm really looking forward to it not just the race but the the celebration afterwards and hanging out with uh, the team and the members
1: awesome it's so good when you've got a mountain to climb and you've got you've got a clear date a clear target uh an end point and it then gives real purpose to what you're trying to achieve like I'm doing 75 hard phase one at the moment on day 10, and I just feel awesome. So if you're not familiar with uh, 75 hard, Andy Frazella's program, it's free. It's like eight bucks. It's uh, two 45-minute sessions. One has to be outside of exercise. No drinking, no booze, stick to a diet, read 10 pages of a book each day, meditate or visualization, which is in phase one, cold shower for five minutes a day, uh, and what have I missed on?
0: That's about it. 75, the fact that you have to go to 75 days is the, is the kicker. And if you fail any of those tasks on any day,
1: like what our sales manager, Matthew did without taking a photo. (laughs)
0: Yeah. You got to start right back at day one. So it's a mental fitness, mental toughness challenge. It's fantastic. You've done it a few times. I've done it as well. It's, Game-changing. Uh, breaks beliefs and really pushes you to another level. Uh, I love it. I think it's and awesome.
1: If you want to see you at your peak operating and feeling unstoppable, do 75 hard. I've never felt so good. And it's coming back to what we say. It's having a clear goal that you're aiming towards, milestones along the way, systems because you have to put systems in place to get this done. So exactly the same with building a business what are you aiming for like what's your goal 12 months from now is it clear do you have a plan so you're aiming towards your business maturity date like great we want to get from five to eight mil you want to increase our margin from 20 to 23 percent. i want to get a project manager on board and an estimator or a qs in-house and then get that well systemized so that i can work four days a week or so that i'm not working nights and weekends like Get some clarity, have goals, break it down into milestones, and then uh, have at it. And a big Mm. thing is set up your daily system and your weekly diary, like your default diary, your week, so that it's inevitable that you win, that it would be crazy if you did not win, if you did the right things.
0: So good. You know why? uh, So, I mean, there's a bunch of reasons I love 75 hard, but I think the one that is most important is there's this quote that I heard, and I think it was from Sam Evans, but he may have got it from somewhere else before. And I heard it a few years ago, and it's, you don't have business problems, you have life problems. And the reason that 75 Hard is so transformational for me, and I've seen members go through it as well and had great results, is that there are so many things that we take from our life over into our business and allow to slow us down or you know sabotage things. And doing something like 75 hard, whether it's that or, in my case, I've moved into an Ironman, like, dude, you get rid of a lot of your life problems because you fix a lot of the challenges that you're facing, and then that trip parlays into the business, and you end up being building mad momentum. It's
1: awesome.
0: 100%. Discipline,
1: consistency, you feel unstoppable. And a big thing well, I've heard a few business uh, leaders say is if you want to double your business, stop drinking. Game changer. Yeah,
0: Yeah, so many vices people have. Anyway, we go on all day, but uh, I want to get us onto the main meat and potatoes of what we were going to jump on and chat about, which was 20% and diet. Now, what on earth does that mean, Marty? Walk us through 20% and diet from a top line.
1: Yeah, so the number one indicator in your business of how hard you're going to have to work and how successful your business is our PBR. Now, if you're not familiar with what PBR is, it's your professional builder's rate. What we're talking about today, and um, we explain that on another episode, it's basically breaking down your owner's remuneration and your salary, combine those two together, divide, so let's say it's 250 and 250, you got 500 grand, divided by the number of weeks that you work, let's say it's 50 weeks of the year to make the math simple. So now we've got what 100 grand, and then we divide that by the number of hours that you're working. If you're doing 50 hours, then you've got $200 an hour. It's anything below that yeah. we want to delegate. So that's your PBR. What we're talking about today is the second most important or arguably the most important financial indicator is your gross profit margin. So it determines how hard you're going to have to work to cover your fixed costs, your overheads, and make your desired profit. Gross margin, if we think about it, the first thing is what actually is gross margin? And so there's a couple of key terms when you're pricing is to work out the difference between markup and margin because they're not the same. And this is why a lot of builders are having to work harder than what they might conceptually but think they're doing and wonder, shit, where's all the money? We've been putting 10% on it or we've been putting 15% on it. Or I price my business like this and yeah, we put 15 or 20% on it. Well, 20% markup, Putting 20% on your base price, there's actually only a 17.6% margin. So we've actually got a table that shows you what 25% markup equals a 20% margin. So let me break this down for you. Let's say you have uh, hard costs in a project of 800 grand. So $800,000 worth of materials, labor, subcontractors are your hard costs then let's say we price the job uh, for the client at a million dollars what the client's paying the difference between those the 800k hard costs and the money the client pays you the million dollars is 200 grand that 200 grand is called your gross profit now that 200 grand as a percentage of your hard costs, the 800k is your markup now that 200 grand divided by your 800k is a quarter right 200 into 800 so that's a 25% markup. That 200 grand as a percentage of what the client pays, 200 as a percentage of 1 million, is your margin. And that is only 20%. So this is why a lot of people run into problems when they confuse the two and they think, shit, like, why are we not making any as much money as we thought? Why are we having to work harder? Yeah, so I think first thing is understanding the difference between markup and margin, and then but it determines how hard you're going to have to work through the uh, through the year and on each
0: job. 100%. Essentially, you need to understand what your minimum margin needs to be. So a lot of people will, like you said, first of all, fall into the trap of doing markup instead of margin. And then second of all, they won't understand what some minimum margins need to be for them to run their company, hit their profit targets, and actually get paid what they're worth. They'll just assume that, oh, it'll all be okay. It'll work itself out in the end. We'll be fine. I'm putting good money on it or I'm putting market rates on it. Not really fully understanding what market rates are because you're only learning through observation of maybe like two or three data points or how the bloke that you learned from used to do it. Yeah. Bloke that I learned from used to do it this way. My mate down at the pub, bloke down the road and this other guy that I know through a cousin's friend's auntie does it this way. So... That must be how it's done. Hmm. Wrong. You need to look at it through a different lens of reverse engineering your business, going like, okay, cool. I don't enjoy pricing. I want to install an estimator. I don't enjoy project management or I want some help and some support with my project management. I want to have a project manager. I want to pay myself a salary of X or Y. And I want the business to do to net X or Y again so that I can do development species or, you know, spin up a second location or something like that. And once you've identified that, you can reverse engineer it back and start setting a minimum margin, which should be, I won't steal your thunder, what should it be? Like it's, our members should know this off the back of their hand perfectly.
1: 100%. So we've got a chart that outlines all the different margins of what you should be making. So if you're a group housing company and you're doing lots of houses, lots of lots, that should typically be between 17 to 22%. If you're a new builder, it should be between 20 to 25% if you're doing custom architectural homes. If you're doing projects that have got larger labor components, like let's say villa renovations, then typically 25 to 30%. If you're doing reclads, weather tightness, typically 25 to 30%. And then smaller jobs might be, let's say, under 100 k might be 30 to 35 or 28 to 35. And then if you're doing like maintenance or decks, fences, etc., then you want to be extracting as much. Margin as possible because you have less revenue on those smaller jobs through which to cover off all your overheads and pay yourself a decent profit. So, those should only be 35 to 50 percent.
0: 100 percent. Just the caveat with that as well is that to do smaller sized jobs, is just as much running around, coordinating of labor, coordinating materials, dealing with damn clients <laughs> as with the small jobs as there are with the big jobs. So it's critically important that those are priced to a, a higher margin, otherwise you're only going to run faster on the hamster wheel to keep up with the work, the profit targets that you're after, and the cash flow.
1: 110, and typically there's just many sub-trades involved in doing a kitchen or a bathroom as there is in doing a, a full renovation. So what you were saying about the reverse engineering, so we've got charts that work through this, and you should always price to a target margin so let me just break down a very simple example here so you can see the flow-on effect that it has on the amount of jobs that you actually or projects you have to complete to hit your desired profit so first thing we do is we figure out what is your desired profit so let's say it's 200 grand i'll make the maths very easy let's say it costs you 300k in fixed costs to run your business so we add those two together we've got total fixed costs if you've got only a 10 percent margin then your business is going to have to do $5 million in order to cover off all those fixed costs, so 300 dollars and leave you with 200 dollars net profit at the end of the year. If we have a 20% margin, the sweet spot, the Goldilocks zone, then you're only going to have to do half that amount, $2.5 million. And if you have a 25% margin, so you've got great deal flow, you're positioned as the expert, your pricing includes p project management fee, overhead recovery margin, You position yourself as the expert, the go to trusted builder. You've got a good deal flow, so you're able to pick and choose. Then, if you're getting 25% and you booked out six to 12 months in advance, now you've only got to do $2 million to actually cover all those overheads and hit your desired profit. Now, there's a flow on effect from that in terms of the number of jobs. So, let's say you had an average dollar sale of 250K. At the 10% margin, you're going to have to do 20 of those 250K jobs. At the 20% margin, to hit your 2.5 mil, you're only going to have to do 10 of those 250K projects. So this is why your gross margin is the number one indicator of how healthy your business is and how hard you're going to have to work in order to pay all your bills, your overheads,
0: and hit your desired profit at the end of the year. 100%. And I've got a bone to pick with some people. So I regularly talk with people out in the market or have prospects apply to work with us here at The Professional Builder and they will say a couple of things. I got to drop this margin because I want to get a great portfolio of work, right? They might be starting out and they want to drop the margin to get a great portfolio of work. Not worth it. High margin businesses typically always win because if you have high margins, you have the ability to invest into people and attract the best talent. Invest into yourself and buy your time back. Invest into systems and processes that provide the best service for your customers and your clients low margin businesses allow you to do none of that low margin businesses uh, mean that you have to take on all responsibility as well as the legal risk and liability that you are taking anyway as a business owner and additionally it does not allow you to invest into your growth or into your development people that say i'll drop the margin so that i can get a great portfolio of work are leaving money on the table and hindering their ability to grow and to build a great portfolio of work. Because if you drop your margin, and as we've seen, you therefore have to do more work or you're leaving money on the table, sometimes tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in lost earnings. Mate, if you spent tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars on marketing, you would have people lining up. You'd be a nationally recognized brand almost, and you would have a portfolio of work to go. Don't take poor margin jobs just to keep you busy or your portfolio looking sexy. It is the quickest way to go out of business and the quickest way to get into a world of hurt.
1: A hundred percent. Like you're better off going fishing. So we've got uh, everything we do. We color code. So red, world, danger, do not stop, needs immediate attention. Orange, hey, let's fix this over the next 90 days and green, it's fine for now. So if your gross margin is below 15 percent stop do not pass go fix this before you take on any more work because you can't scale lack of profits and you can't scale chaos because you'll just run faster on the hamster wheel trying to keep your head above water so if your gross margin is below 15 percent, stop fix it we've got a truckload of free trainings how to improve your gross margin 151 ways that we did at a conference uh, with a couple hundred of our members on how to improve your margin through pricing, project management, materials, capturing variations and change orders, subtrade productivity, improving your positioning through the sales process, et cetera. If it's orange, 15 to 20, got to keep an eye on it. And green, 20% and above, assuming you're doing bigger jobs.
0: This is a golden nugget for everybody that's listening or watching here today. So if you are inspecting your margin, you first of all need to inspect it in those bands. Uh, is it red, orange, or green? Okay. And if it's green, you then need to go, okay, fantastic. How do I maintain or continue to improve this margin without me being the guy that drives its success all the time? So we're looking usually at who and how, having repeating and recurring systems and building resilience into the business with a management team or a project manager or a process for them to follow so that you can maintain or improve margin in the green zone without it being your exclusive responsibility. If it's orange or red, we need to man the battle stations and start fixing this. And you go as deep as you want to, but first of all, you need to identify where the bleeding is. So we have our 151 point checklist on this, but additionally, as a top line 30,000 foot view, there are nine margin levers. And these nine margin levers help us to improve the profitability of a project and the margin in which it operates on. There are four going into a project, and five coming out of a project. So before the project starts, the four margin levers that we want to inspect are pricing, positioning, sales, and marketing. Pricing is usually the fastest route to success, raise your prices, but it's not always the most effective if we don't do the other three, which is positioning, sales, and marketing. Positioning is people lining up wanting you as the builder, going, Marty, don't care how long uh, it's gonna take or how long I have to wait, I want you to be my guy that builds my dream home. Marketing is having a truckload of leads so that you can pick and choose and sort the ones that are tire kickers or price checkers and only work with the ones that you know are going to operate at your margin on your terms. And then sales process is rather than taking somebody from uh, first date to marriage in 24 hours, it's actually walking them through a clear process that positions you as the builder of choice that answers their four questions and their five concerns. Who are you? How can I trust you? How can you help me specifically? And who's your team? And then the concerns around budget, timeline, trustworthiness, quality, and communication. That's how we improve margin on the front end before a project even starts. And if you're going in at below 20%, then that's where you need to inspect. However, if you currently have projects on the go that are either experiencing margin creep, okay? You're going in at 20, but it's coming out at 17. You're going in at 25, but it's coming out at 20 you're going and having for 15 and it's coming out lower than that, then start here because you cannot grow or scale lack of profits or poor cash flow. And the quickest right way to improve your cash flow and your profitability is to begin on projects already underway. And that is where we use the five margin levers. Controlling labor, materials, subtrades, variations, payment dates, and material rates with merchants. So contracts basically. So first three are pretty obvious. Labor materials and subs, that's why your foreman or your site manager is the most critical person in your team. Needs to have a very clear scorecard, a very clear role scope, a very clear understanding of what uh, constitutes a variation. Number four, how to charge it and how to relay that back to the office. Doug's got a great process on this. We're doing this with our members in like three weeks' time. Okay, it can be a real good profit zone for you or an absolute nightmare if you get it wrong. All right, so these are the nine margin levers that you must inspect. And this is how you're going to improve your margin before a job or during a job. If you have an orange or red light, start here.
1: 100%. And in that pre-construction meeting that you're going to have with your foreman, ideally you will have got him to triangulate and price the labour hours as well and break it down by stage. And then you can go, hey, I had 120 hours for the framing. Why do you put 90? Oh, hey, I, we've got John and Steve working on that. They're much faster, better qualified chippies, et cetera. So a big one is to go through with Foreman at the beginning and let him understand the plans, the contract, what are the inclusions, what are the exclusions, what actually constitutes a change order, what's included in the plans, what's excluded in the scope of works, and then incentivize him based on the job coming in on time under budget to great quality. So we've got lots of incentive programs that our members run with their team, so that's a massive driver of the success of the project. And whether it comes in on time or not in your schedule. So I've just experienced the um, joys. One of the, th- the one thing we did miss with uh, seventy five day hard was uh, drink one gallon of water or three point eight liters.
0: So hopefully today's been helpful. Now there are a couple of key things that you need to get right if you're going to properly do twenty percent or die, which means that you're setting a minimum margin of twenty percent. And some of it actually comes back to mindset. There's all the logistical stuff. There's all the strategies and all the process, and we've got all of that, okay? But we can give you the plan, but if you're not having the conviction to be able to execute it, it's kind of worthless. So walk us through what some of the most important things are with uh, changing your mindset and getting this into place.
1: Yeah, 100%. Like if you've always been a guy whose badge of honor is, yeah, we get all our work through word of mouth. We, We haven't had to market. There's a good chance that one, you're leaving money on the table and two, when downturns uh, come, then you're not going to have that flexibility or have direct response marketing in place where you have a marketing machine, sales and marketing machine that you can turn up or down so that you're booked out six to 12 months in advance. So a big thing, if you're booked out six, 12 months in advance with profitable work, you're not needy for that job just to keep you guys busy. So there's a few key things that you can do to massively improve your mindset. So the first thing is mindset, right? So if you're surrounded by five builders who or construction company owners who only get word of mouth, uh, work through word of mouth, price how their old man taught them or how one of their, their mates who, who's owned a building company or maybe it was a guy who they apprenticed under, then these people have been taught great how to build fantastic homes, projects, etc., but maybe they weren't taught ta- how to build a successful general contracting or residential home building company. First key thing is knowledge. Arm yourself with knowledge on marketing, sales process, and pricing process so that you can actually price to a decent target margin, at least 20% going into the job. The second thing is look for evidence. So who are the most successful builders around you who are doing that? And what are they doing? So what does their marketing look like? So do they have a great direct response website? Are they driving online traffic to them do they have a referral system like a plug and play referral system that they can put out to other similar projects and then what is their sales process so are they just showing up and going oh yep should be about three and a half thousand a square might be able to get to you in six months time or do they have phone scripts hello welcome to xyz just so i can help you best do you mind if i ask you a little bit about your project have you got plans have you got consent what's your budget when do you need to start have you talked to any other builders Etc. Do they send an information pack beforehand or are they just showing up trying to do their dance when they first go to the uh, site visit? Do they have a step-by-step process for showing uh, in the site visit? Here's what's going to happen. So here's what's going to happen project management wise. Here's when the progress payments work. Here's how we will capture any change orders or variations and process them each week. We'll get them signed off. We'll send it through and build a trend. We'll invoice you each week so that there's no nasty surprises at the end of the job so that your cash flow isn't impacted as well. So a big thing, 20 leads, marketing flow, arm yourself with knowledge and that there is a way and look for the 20% of builders who are succeeding and winning because I can guarantee you 80% of the people that you look to and look around won't be doing that well. And so if you're doing business just like everyone else or you feel like you're stuck and each year is just a repeat of the own, the last year like a Mariuska doll or like a photocopy of the last couple of years then do something different I think Einstein said insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result so first arm yourself with knowledge second thing get around a community of other people who are winning who are learning these strategies and getting to where you want to want to get to and one of our members I won't mention his name but he landed a 1.1 million dollar job that was about 30% higher because his high converting quote template wasn't just uh, five or 18 pages of here's the price and here's the breakdown by stage, but it actually went through who's the company, why you should choose us. Here's the rules of the game that our guys follow when they're on site. These are the suppliers that we're with. Here's our 287-point quality assurance checklist. Here's our magic story. Here's a background about the company, the people that you're going to be working with, and also the founder. Here's our guarantee over and above the master builder's guarantee. So we guarantee that we will... Finish your job when we say we will. Otherwise, we'll pay you 100 bucks for every day that we're late. We, Excluding, obviously, any changes by the architect or the owner. We guarantee that there'll be no swearing on site, no dogs on site, no loud radios. So this allows him to charge a higher margin. He's professional the whole way through. He's got lots of video testimonials, case studies, plenty of traffic coming to his website, great marketing strategies, and then a really great sales process with a high converting quote or action plan, as we call them that really shifts the ball in favor because not everyone uses price as the key variable and if price is the only variable that you're educating people on then you're going to attract those kind of people you're going to compete on that price and it's going to be a race to the bottom because not everyone drives a a hyundai daihatsu or a shit car there's some people out there that drive porsches drive range rovers drive lambos etc and maybe you don't need to go after that high-end target Well, if you're doing high-end custom home, architectural homes, sweet. But there's plenty of other people that drive great cars that have other concerns. And those five other concerns that Alan just went through uh, budget is one of them. You've got timeliness. You've got communication. You've got trustworthiness. And you've got the quality of your work. So let's educate those people. And I think, so we've got all the strategies for doing that. But I think one of the things also is if you don't have any marketing, you might be getting hit up by people who are at the bottom of the decision-making tree. They're at that last, they're the 5% who are ready right now, and they're basically looking to choose between a builder who's ready to do their project in the next three months. What we're interested in is, cool, let's take those people through the process, but who are the people who are 25% who might be three to six or nine months away from building or doing renovation that we can get into our world? We can educate them uh, a little bit on our guarantee. We can educate them on... Video testimonials of other people who've overcome their concerns that they might have, who can show them these are the awards that we've won, educate them on our social media channels through our email marketing, bring them into our world and show them why they should choose us as their most preferred and trusted builder for the biggest investment of their life.
0: 100%. So we've covered a lot today. I think uh, we'll. Pause it there, otherwise we could go on all day. Like oh. This is such a critical topic. It's at the bottom of our builder's ladder. It's like numero uno, number one. You cannot grow with poor profits, lack of margin, and lack of cash flow. Fix this, and life becomes a whole lot easier. You had something you wanted to get in the last yes, yes. 30 seconds?
1: a personal story. Uh, I scaled, do not scale a commodity business. So if you're not differentiating your building company, And you're just a commodity like everyone else and competing on price. And guess what? That's going to be a race to the bottom. I scaled our cleaning company. We had the largest privately owned cleaning company in Auckland called Life Made Easy. We're doing between 1,200 to 1,500 cleans a month. We had 42 cleaners working for us. We owned uh, 12 cars. And it was an absolute fucking nightmare. So we had a 22% gross margin, which sounds good in building. But not when you've got a small average dollar sale and you're doing $100, 150 or $300, or 750 to to $1,000 move-out claims. It was an absolute nightmare. And plus, we had the wrong business model. So we had employees. We had them driving around in our cars. We were paying for them for the time in between houses, and it was just a cluster. Do not do that. This way we cannot stress enough how important this is that you can't scale chaos and you can't scale lack of profits. You will just run faster on the builder's hamster wheel.
0: Yeah, you're not there to finance the build for them. You're there to build it for them. You don't need to pay for their own build. So a couple of key actions from here, super straightforward. We've got a profit planning spreadsheet, a dashboard. This is gonna help you identify the impact that margin is having for your exact company. Put your numbers in based on your profit and loss, put your forecast in. You'll be able to see the changes that you need to make. And if you want help and to go through that with one of our team, then that's easy as well bring your numbers along, get in touch with us, we can do it with you. And the second checklist that we've got is probably one of the most valuable checklists that you could possibly get. I'm not even kidding, this is not hyperbole, like if you were to implement all of the points in this checklist, you will make money. And I'm not gonna put a dollar figure on it, but it would be tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars based on the size of your company. This is a 151 point profit checklist, right? If you were to go through all 151 points, you would make bucket loads of money, okay? You only need to go through five to 10 of those points to increase your margin by probably 1%. So go through that checklist. It'll be in the show notes. Those two, uh, resources are incredibly valuable, but we'll leave it there. Marty, you've got a wedding to get to. I've yep. got an interview for one of our new coaches that will be joining the team. Here's to you guys' success. We'll see you on the line. Uh, I'll catch you next time. Right.
1: have a great weekend. Cheers, everyone. See ya.